Hello! Welcome to Hans and Creeps. I'm your host, Asia. And I'm Rose. That was alright. <laughs> yeah, that was better. That was our uh, fourth attempt to start this recording, so let's hope things stay strong. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, say the things we've said four times now. It's been a long time, Asia. How are you? <laughs> I'm losing my goddamn mind. How are you? I'm doing great. Don't you dare, Asia. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I was going to say, Asia, don't you say thank you for that follow. Because <laughs> we're recording. For our future listeners, we are recording a live stream for our Halloween comeback episode since it's been a fucking year. Yeah, and it's going really well. <clears throat> This morning was great. We test rehearsed everything, made sure all of our tech was working. So when I came back from work, it was just going to be set up and ready to go. That's why I told you, bro. And all of our technology decided it's not happening. Yeah. But we're here. We made it. Asia, what the fuck are you drinking? I'm drinking soju. I'm going to pretend. No, 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 no. no. Start over. I got to pretend like I don't know. You got to pretend like you haven't told me. Asia, what are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm drinking soju. What are you drinking tonight, Rose? Whoa, tell me about soju. Isn't that that stuff that's sometimes really alcoholic and sometimes not alcoholic? That's correct. <laughs> it's almost like we've had this conversation. So how does, how does yours taste? Is it alcoholic or not? It tastes a little mild on the alcohol, but I bought four of them. Two of them are still in the car. So let's hope. At least the two I have, plus my rum, makes a difference. <laughs> nice. Okay, now I'm going to start my story that I already told you. Um, what was it? I went to the liquor store. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was going to try to get soju or sake. And I looked around, and the liquor store was actually a liquor store and didn't have beer or wine. And I've never been in a liquor store that didn't have beer or wine. So I, it put me in a spot of, like, stress. I was like, I don't know hard liquor very well so I went to my one happy place my one hard liquor happy place happy place white Russians white Russians all right yeah oh I didn't know that was your hard liquor happy place well it's partially because of you buddy because I saw this I saw (laughs) this you gotta pretend like I haven't shown you this I saw saw this you've lifted it above the cam oh the other camera my god Wait, there's one. Ca- yeah, oh, look at. <laughs> I saw this skull and I thought of you, and I was like, one day I will finish this vodka, and I'm gonna give this to Asia. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the thought. I'm dying over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine, dude. All right, lit. What else did we used to do when we used to record shit? We would talk about a disturbing fact. Oh we got yes. Into our story. Do you have a disturbing fact of the week? How about for the year? There's been a lot of shit that's gone down. No, 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 no. It's been a year, but you can only pick one fact. We can't go through the whole year of facts that we missed. Um, there's been so many disturbing things over the last year, though. Do you want me to go first? Yes. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm going to go first then. (laughs) All right, Asia, I think you heard this one, but it's still super disturbing to me. The other night, I had... A sleep paralysis dream, which is not that uncommon for me, but I hadn't really had one in a while. And usually when I have sleep paralysis, I don't open my eyes for some reason, so I've never, like, seen 
anything or had anything sitting on my chest like you hear about. Um, damn it, I forgot the Halloween costume bit. <laughs> Hang on. Oh my fucking Christ. And in the middle of you talking about your disturbing fact. <laughs> All right, what was I saying? So, yeah, okay. I don't usually hold, see shit. Hold hold on. For context of our future listeners, <laughs> Rose just put on a wolf's head. So if she sounds a little bit fuzzy, it's because the mic is having trouble hearing her through the wolf face she has on now. This, this, right, is, continue. Not, this is not a wolf's head. This is peach fuzz. Peach fuzz, huh? Peach fuzz. You look a little more fuzzy than a peach. I look a little li- like I'm past the peach fuzz phase. Just a little bit. Maybe the adolescent peach fuzz. We're starting to get a little thicker. Yeah. Um, despite the quality of my voice right now with this mic, I'm going to continue. It is getting hot in here, though. <clears throat> so I'm laying there, sleep par- paralyzed, and I hear the front door open and close. And I'm the only one in the house. I'm like, shit, I'm paralyzed. And I hear footsteps coming into my room. That's happened before. But never has it happened that a demon thing would lean over me and start whispering shit into my ear. Oh. And that was was my sleep paralysis. It was terrifying. Not romantic whisperings in your ear? No, it was like demonic incantations. Like, I might be possessed. And that's uh, That's that's pretty extreme. What did it say? I have no clue. It was speaking Latin or something. Did you ever learn Latin? What? Did you ever learn Latin? No. I'm not like a good little Christian girl like you. I learned it because I like language. I took Latin, Spanish, and Italian because fuck French. (laughs) Um, Asia, what's your disturbing thing of the year? Disturbing thing of the year? (laughs) Come on. You can do it. (laughs) You can say it's peach fuzz. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, the disturbing thing, I guess, for my year is the most recent thing that I found out today. Our uh, temporary roommate decided to tell her last workplace that the reason she quit her job was because our dog bit her. Oh, my God. Did your dog have to get, like, I don't written know. up or anything? Let's, I literally found this out, like, an hour ago. Did she actually bite or she didn't? No. They had one <sighs> point of contact once in the first week and she was trying to pet her, but they Willow never touched her, like ever. DJ held on tight to her, so she nothing ever happened. Well, so you're probably safe because there's no like wound reported. So fuck her. No wound. She's moved two different states in the last two weeks, and has so many lies coming out. You don't know what's true and what's not. So we at least have two witnesses in our household. Yeah, there you go. See what happens. That is disturbing, though. Yeah, glad she's gone. Yeah. Good on you, buddy. All right. Mm. Now we got to dig into the stuff, right? I forget how this goes. (laughs) It's been so long. I feel bad for our listeners. No, buddy, you had life shit. We both had life shit to do, and life is real, and we're back. (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) I felt like a sneeze want to approach, and I won't let it. Okay, good job. Um, that looked like a okay. battle well fought. Thank you. 
Okay. All right. Um, I guess before we get started, I wanted to shout out a book that Rose found, and it helped me with my notes. I don't know how much of it you used in yours. Mm. Um, but the book is called Captive of the Labyrinth, Sarah L. Winchester, Heiress to the Rifle Fortune by Mary Jo Ignafel. And uh, what is this book about, Asia? The Life Lived by Sarah Winchester. And who is Sarah Winchester? Um, Sarah Winchester married William Winchester. We're going to get into all this. Do I have to tell you this now? Well, I was looking for of like more of like a synopsis, but that's fine. Let's let's get into it. She had she built the mystery house. There we go. The and mystery San house. Jose, California. The Winchester mm-hmm. Mystery House in California, which is the most haunted house in the US. And that's why we chose it for our big Halloween comeback. So this book contained a lot of information about her, her family, in addition to like general history of the area, some of her friends, and kind of giving you a window into the past that became her future. Also, I want to preface that Sarah was a very private woman, so a lot of the details you may think you know about her story have the potential to be hearsay, gossip, rumors, embellishments, or just exaggerations from yeah. the media at the time. Yeah, so this story Asia and I teamed up on, mm-hmm. and yeah, the story of Sarah Winchester and her house is riddled with vague inaccuracies slash embellishments. No one's really sure of the actual story, and we'll get into it, but we're going to have some fun with the vagueness, because that's what we do here. Yes, that's very fair. So, first, let's get into the history of Sarah and her family. Um, I put first twice. (laughs) (laughs) God, today has been so, so rough to start. Sarah's parents were Leonard Pardee and Sarah Burns. They were married in 1829 and coming from different family and religious backgrounds, um, but they found solace in a reborn faith in Puritanism. Where did you find her birth date? Because I kept seeing in places that no one was really sure, but it was like between these two years and there wasn't like a source. Did the book say it? The Burke's book said it, I believe it was September 30th, um, 18... 18. Yeah. And the lady who wrote the book, Ignafo, she's like, she's a collegiate historian professor chick in California. I bet you she had like access to archives and shit. Archives? Are those like fancy versions? <laughs> Such of an archives? asshole. Archives? I don't know. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Yeah. I forget what year. I forgot to type it in my notes, but I remember her birth like 1830 something yeah because she died like um whatever (laughs) get there (laughs) okay go ahead (laughs) so her parents began their family in new haven connecticut and they started by expanding their family and out of a total of seven children all but one survived to adulthood fun fact their firstborn daughter was named sarah so they had two daughter daughters named Sarah or did one die and then one died and then they named her after that one that's what I'm thinking um because the firstborn Sarah she died at about a year old they assumed it was from scarlet fever but later determined it was most likely the that was the wrong one sorry 
I messed up my notes. She had marasmus. Oh, yeah. The, like, really rare thing. Yeah. For those who don't know, marasmus is the inability to process nutrients. She made it to six weeks old. Yeah, so... Oh, wrong kid. Sarah, the sister... Oh, my God. (laughs) There's seven of them, bro. It's okay. I I didn't fuck up my notes. (laughs) Sarah... Baby number one died around a year old, and at the time they thought it was scarlet fever, but later determined it was cholera. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then some other baby somewhere else. Yeah, we'll get to it. I'm not doing great. Okay, the following year, 1833, (laughs) little Mary was born, followed by Antoinette, then Leonard Jr., and Sarah II, basically, Mm. then Isabel and Estelle. Estelle, what a lovely name. I thought so too. I thought it was a very pretty name. I've just decided if I ever have a baby girl, I'm going to name it Estelle. Really? Yeah. I mean, I do like Estelle. I've also liked Antoinette. Literally in her, like, in the family list of kids, it's like Antoinette, parentheses, Nettie. Aw. And then her middle name. Nettie, (laughs) that's adorable. (laughs) I thought it was really cute. (laughs) And that it's even continued in, like, record Antoinette, Prince Nettie. I would name a cow Nettie, though. <laughs> or is that Nellie? That's fair. I think that's Nellie. Both? Bessie. Bessie. Whatever. <laughs> Nessie. <laughs> All right, we're never going to get through this. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> now, the Pardee family had many struggles to overcome, and there was a decline in the economy. And it was so bad that multiple banks closed and resources were hard to come by. So no wonder all their babies died. Uh, just the one. Just the first one. Oh. But they were on the verge of becoming impoverished. Mm. Um, Money was scarce. People in general could not afford to pay for products that they needed. Most had to forego even the most basic necessities. And on top of all this economic despair, this seems to be very common, a fire broke out. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hey, you thought we were having a bad day. (laughs) That's fair. Very fair. Um, Fire broke out and it destroyed 20 buildings despite, like, the entire town coming together trying to put it out. Mm. So the father, Leonard, did his best to work in machinery and carpentry and work together to build a stable income, but it wasn't enough to support the family. But by this time, child number four was on the way, and they are counting the first Sarah as a child, so this is Leonard Jr. It took me a second to recognize, like, wait, living children? And I had to read further to realize which kid it was. Okay, good. I'm glad you said... (laughs) I'm glad you continued because you said something like they counted their dead child as a child. <laughs> it sounded kind of politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're right. Uh, I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, that, that was in poor taste. My apologies. <laughs> Shame. Yes. I wasn't sure when they were like counting. I'm like, is this the parents counting or is this like, what's the word? When people come and count people in a town. The census? Census, yeah. I'm mm. like, is this like a census number? <laughs> yeah. My apologies. That was more of what I meant. I don't know if that was any better. It's okay. We just know that you don't consider dead children children, so. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no, come back. <laughs> uh. All right, so Leonard Jr. was born a month after the fire was put out. Um, And at that point, Leonard Sr. decided to take a position at the local bathhouse, collecting tolls and all that to make ends meet. 
Mm. Less than two years later, Sarah II was born. And they also called her Sally, after her recently deceased grandmother. Fun fact. Hmm. I wonder why they didn't just call her Sally. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Just like, you know, you already had a Sarah. (gasps) Why? Oh, you already had a Sarah. Sorry, I saw OBS. I was like, oh shit, it stopped recording. (laughs) It's fine. You already have a Sarah. You're calling her Sally anyway. Just call her Sally. I know. I don't know why they didn't just name her Sally. Because her grandmother died like a month or so before she was born. Something like that. Weird. So, yep. Anyway, that was her nickname. After a decade of Leonard Sr. working the tolls in the bathhouse, he finally caught a break working as a craftsman again. His carpentry and machinist skills led him to become very well-known as a craftsman. And my notes just disappear what is happening <laughs> i'm not okay <laughs> wait i got your notes right in front of me hang on <laughs> he's something about a craftsman something about two <laughs> found it okay they're counting the first sarah so this child would be Leonard. <laughs> oh you you found it okay that's fine <laughs> oh, i definitely shit. think that our stream is haunted it has been it nothing is. but chaos since we got on an hour ago. <laughs> it has been fine. a long hour. It's Halloween. It's probably a full moon. Who knows? It was a full moon last Halloween. Tonight, it is a waxing crescent. Oh. Well, shit. At least over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was successful. The family was able to build a home, become established name in the area, and they could afford for Sarah and their other children to be schooled. Sarah herself learned four languages, music, a few different instruments, I think, math and science. Uh, today, we would consider her a very introverted, possibly closed off person. But from what I have gathered from the book, I think she would have done really well in our time, just with women's rights, politics, all of that. I think she kept to herself for, not fear is not the right word, but basically she knew better than to talk about how she felt about things. Because she was a nerd. That's true. She was quite smart. And she was a woman nerd. Woman, Mm -hmm. everyone knows women nerds are witches. I mean, am I wrong? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah, didn't she like, um, when she was building her house, which we'll get to, I know, but I'm, I'm excited wasn't she sort of like ahead of her time as far as architecture and shit? Architecture, general just behavior, she was very much ahead of her time. And that's why I think she kept to herself a lot because she knew she'd be ridiculed if anyone really got to know her. Mm. So Sarah was very intelligent and quite beautiful. She got her pick of eligible bachelors in town. <laughs> <laughs> And on September 30th, 1862, she married William Winchester. William Winchester's father made the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. And in 1866, William inherited this gun company. And while William explored the new business, Sarah found herself pregnant and gave birth to a baby girl in 1866. She found herself pregnant? Yes, surprisingly. (laughs) She just woke up. She was like, well, I found myself pregnant. (laughs) Yep. Just it do one day. be like that. Just one day. Any hoozles. Back to what I had said earlier. This is the baby that had Marasmus, a rare oh, condition. Oh, this is the one yes. that couldn't absorb any nutrients. That's sad. Dude. Yeah. So she had one and child. And six weeks? I mean, goddamn, it must have been fucking tiny. Yeah. Six weeks, 
you're a month and a half, you're a little, little one, barely able to see, but yeah. Yeah, and you're not eating anything. Mm-mm. After that loss, Sarah didn't have another kid, which I can't blame her, especially for the time. Yeah. William's business went incredibly well, but William wouldn't leave to see its full success in 1881. Live. What did I say? <laughs> he said he wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back, bro. I'm reading along right now. <laughs> God, I feel bad for our listeners. At least you guys Don't can see Don't feel us. bad. <laughs> it's about, okay, remember our first episode? First episode really wasn't that bad. I listened to our 12th one the other day and I was like, oh God, this is terrible. Remember that episode we recorded and never posted? Yeah. <laughs> we've we've seen rockier days, bud. Fair enough. <laughs> At least on our recording, I can edit like half this shit out. Anyway. Exactly. In 1881, William died from consumption, other known as tuberculosis, leaving Sarah mm. alone with a hefty inheritance. She received 50% of the Winchester company. She had And it was a lot. It was like a fuck ton of money. Like she became one of the richest women in the world. Yeah, at the time she already had received like millions, I believe. Uh, I can't yeah. remember with conversion rates. Book wasn't very clear on that, so I don't know. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was like a metric fuck ton. <laughs> to be precise. Yep. Metric fuckton is a good way to put it. Anyway, since she had plenty of money coming through William's business, she donated half of it to the hospital and she kept the rest. It has been theorized, this is where things get weird, because if this is where like the stories start to get a little interesting. It's been theorized that Sarah felt guilty about her money, feeling that it was blood money and because guns kill people. Yep, and she's making money off of the guns that people are buying to kill people. But that's also speculative. I've read multiple sources. Some people say she was very guilty. Other people say she wasn't guilty at all. She didn't give a fuck. I don't know. I did read one source that was like, if she was so guilty, why didn't she just like give up the money or stop making guns? It's like she's part of half the company. She could have done either. But I mean, she did donate a lot to the hospitals. Um... I forgot the name of it, but it was a specific one for people with tuberculosis to try and help care for them Mm. Um, in memory of her husband. I mean, losing your husband and your daughter, that's just poor thing. Yeah. And all of her siblings. (laughs) And her grandma. She lost one sibling. And she was an infant when she lost her grandmother. What happened to the seven seven children? All but one of the seven. Maybe I need to work better on Oh, I literally words. thought you meant six of them died. I meant <laughs> one of them died, six of them lived. <laughs> well, this just got a lot happier. <laughs> like six times happier. <laughs> this is great. Okay. So she went to consult a medium in Boston about her guilt. And in this visit, he told her that she would forever be tormented by the people who have died by Winchester guns, that she should move west and build rooms for all the lost souls, and to never stop building or the spirits would catch up with her and send her to face eternal damnation. That's heavy. So, if this is true, Sarah took that advice to heart and moved to San Jose, California, all the way across the country. Yeah, dude, imagine if some dude told you that the souls of thousands of people 
are going to haunt you for the rest of your life unless you move to California and build them a house. Be pretty, uh, I'd be pretty ready to go to California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hold back on that. I'd be like, all right, I've got a horde of souls that are angry at me. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> So in 1886, she bought an unfinished eight-bedroom farmhouse on 40 acres of land and settled in. And by settling in, I mean she started expanding the house almost immediately. Yeah, she had a lot of souls. Yes, lots of souls to house. It's rumored that construction never ceased for the for like 22 years. Like it never stopped all day, 24-7, 365. But there's literally notes about letters that she had written and copies of letters that say that she had dismissed her carpenters for like the season. There's just too much rain or something else is going on and she would dismiss her workers for a while and then just bring them back. So I don't think it was 24-7-365. I think it was just as often as possible. That was one thing I liked about this book by Ignafo or whatever. She had actual letters from Sarah, whereas every other source was like pretty wishy-washy, the sources that they would cite were wishy-washy. Like, you couldn't nail anyone down on anything. And that's why we spent our hard-earned cash on this book, so we could get the truth. Yeah, she did really, really good with it. There was a lot in there that I definitely trust more than half the things I found on the internet. When I first started searching, I got different marriage dates, confusion between if she had more than one child because they consider her niece her child which i don't talk a whole lot about but her niece does live with her at some point whether six people died or only one person (laughs) died (laughs) exactly who has marasmus (laughs) i am so done i'm just giving you shit um yeah also i lied that lychee is a lot stronger than i thought it was the lychee so That's how they get you. Yeah, I probably should have shaken it first. That might have helped. Yeah, so she did occasionally dismiss her peoples. But over the 22 years it was under construction, the house developed into a seven-story mansion at 24,000 square feet. Yeah, seven stories. Nowadays, it's about four, I think. There was an earthquake that hit, which I also don't talk a lot about, but yeah. Basically, an earthquake hit and knocked half of it down. Mm-hmm. It was seven stories, and now it's only like four or something. Yeah, it's about four. There was a tower built and torn down and rebuilt up to 16 times before she was satisfied with it, though. And she did that a lot. That sounds extra. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But like you said, she was very ahead for her time, especially in architecture. And she also... I'll, I'll go into it here shortly. First, more house description. The house is rumored to once have had up to 500 rooms in total, but currently it's most commonly stated that it has 160 rooms after that earthquake. Brief numbers here. This house has 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, six kitchens, and one shower. Yes, dude. Can't wait to talk about them numbers. <laughs> she also had two two basements and three elevators. Yeah, it's a lot. Just to mention. But the note, wanted to make a note on showers. Because I've heard people get all like, why? She only had one shower. Yes, showers were brand new at the time. <laughs> so. Yeah, she was like one of the only people to have a shower. Yes. And elevators. Yes. She also had a solarium. Rich's 
I was going to ask you, what the fuck is a solarium? It's like a huge indoor garden. It's more than just oh, like shit. a front green room type thing. It's like a lot. And wow. what fascinates me the most about that is her advanced thinking in regarding to design. The floors of the solarium were slanted in such a way that any extra water from the plants dripped down onto the floor and then would drain outside and water the other plants. Like, Goddamn. That level of irrigation, just the thinking of it within your home, not just like outside, like, oh, I'm going to tear this plant and this plant, the water can water this one. It's going from inside her home, catering the floors to drain through her house outside to the gardens. Immense forethought. (laughs) That little detail astounded me. I'm like, why is there only two sentences on this? That's fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It just shows how much thought that she puts into irrigation, but she also thought about plumbing, gas, and electricity, and it just, it astounds me no one's applied her designs anywhere else, just because, especially for the time, some of that shit should be used nowadays. Dude, you're forgetting that she's a crazy witch nerd. I think she was severely Not to mention misunderstood. She's... <laughs> She's the worst type of nerd. She's a civil engineering nerd. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> oh, my God. I lit- She's the nerdiest one. That episode I said where just a, a little bit ago that I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. It was that episode. <laughs> what, the civil engineering yes. one? <laughs> yes. I think that was the Crescent Hotel. Yeah, I don't remember. Or was it Seattle burning down? No, I think it was the Crescent Hotel. It was episode 12. It's okay. Seattle was a special episode. Anyway. (laughs) Sarah was very interested in architecture and designed the entire house herself, but it wasn't one big complete blueprint. It was designed room by room. And if the room didn't meet her expectations, she would tear it down and restart it, rebuild it. Hence, like that tower Hmm. that was rebuilt. Sounds like somebody I know. (laughs) Mom. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just have to poke fun at mom because she knits things. And if she drops one stitch, the whole thing gets torn apart. It could be like at the end of a massive blanket. You know, she's been knitting this blanket for days. She drops a stitch, she tears it apart, no matter what. (laughs) Shout out to my mom. (laughs) I mean, I'm a perfectionist with my craft work, too. If I fuck up just a little bit when I'm sewing, I will undo that entire, entire row of thread and just re-sew the whole thing. I just send it. I just YOLO. (laughs) I'm like, bro, this is as good as it's going to get. And then I probably will never pick up that craft again. Yeah, I mean, it works for some people. Blueprints. No blueprints. Room by room. On a whim. Got it. Okay. I think you... Yeah, yeah. She started building the house in Victorian style, but it also developed into Gothic style, and it contained Romanesque style features. I like architecture, but I'm already going to go long enough in these notes that I wasn't going to break down all the different styles. So, moving on. She said she wanted to use very fine materials in the structure, and that included mahogany, teak, and maple woods that were carved on the walls and the ceilings or set into specific floor patterns. She utilized lincrusta, uh, wall coverings, and it kind of gave the look of metal or leather depending how she wanted it to look. Um, it really, really enhances the regality of an area. It's like textured leather wallpaper. All right, this mystery house had many purposes. 
If we go off of all the theories behind Sarah Winchester, part of the reasons the house was the way it was, was to appease the ghosts, house them, but also partially to confuse them. Sarah most likely purposely designed this entire house like a maze with no true route through it. There were staircases to nowhere, doors on walls with no rooms behind them. Sometimes they had painted backdrops behind them. Other times there's just doors on like the third floor that go right outside. Hallways that went nowhere and looped back around. Windows that were like between rooms, not windows to outside. Yeah, this house had a lot going on. Yeah, not a lot of it made sense. (laughs) Not at all. And it does seem very chaotic because it is very chaotic. But Sarah didn't spare a dime on this house. Between the construction, the thought, the effort, sourcing materials, getting specific windows, specific doors cut to specific sizes, everything was thought out to a T. Including, obviously, her plumbing, just the general architecture. She had running heated water, which... For the time, that was brand new technology. She filled the mansion with luxury furniture, extravagant chandeliers. It had central heating, generators and water pumps to help with electricity, stained glass windows, and it had an intercom system. Like, she did not spare a cent in this house. You think she could have spent all that money on, like, orphanages for people, people's kids who got... The people who got shot by Winchester Rifles' kids. Yeah. That w- that could have been a better point, but I didn't say it very well. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. All right. Now for my break, Popcorn Rose, you've got a lot to discuss with us. Oh, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy, do I have a lot to discuss. <clears throat> so, originally, I was going to do the haunting shit, but I found something way juicier. That's totally not going to be boring at all. So, as we've been talking about, the house is super detailed, and there's a lot of numbers. Like Asia was saying, there's 13 bathrooms, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors. Well, for some people, this is meaningful. Some people even think that she wasn't trying to trap ghosts and confuse them. She was actually leading us to a larger meaning, a meaning so large that it's literally the universe. And if that doesn't make sense, well, it, it will shortly, I promise. <laughs> okay, so my source for this part is this guy, Richard Allen Wagner. Richard Allen Wagner is a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Freemason and a freighter of the AMORC Rosicrucian Order. He's written lots on Sarah Winchester and the Winchester House, as well as on Shakespeare and why Shakespeare was actually Francis Bacon, and the truth of Shakespeare, and like five other things about Shakespeare. But basically, I read his little blog post, which was actually a massive blog post, on Sarah Winchester and what her house actually means. So. All right. According to him, Sarah, because she was super well-educated, it's his idea that she was well-versed in Masonic, Rosicrucian, and Baconian concepts, as in Francis Bacon. 
who was a guy. He was quite a guy back in the day. Sure? I'm not going to go into Francis Bacon. He wasn't a dog. A dog? Said he was a guy. He was quite a guy. Like He was quite a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to shoot your shots. I'm trying. You try your jokes. I have been having a rough time over here. <laughs> All right. Tell us um, about Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon. <laughs> You weren't joking that time. (laughs) Sir Francis Bacon. Okay. I can't wipe my nose because I'm a werewolf. I'm going to smudge it. I have wiped my eyes like seven times. I I hear you. So Sir Francis Bacon was quite a guy, like a laundry list of a guy. He had a lot to do with the Renaissance or something (laughs) and poetry. Some people even believe he was actually Shakespeare. And that Shakespeare was just his pen name. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to go into fucking Francis Bacon because it's like a whole episode. But anyway, just know he's got to do with science. Um, it wasn't, I don't think it was the Renaissance, but like the scientific resolu- rev- revolution. Resolution. He was there for that. Anyways, this guy, Richard Allen Wagner, is obsessed with with Francis Bacon, and he seems to think that Sarah Winchester was obsessed with him as well. According to Richard Allen Wagner, Sarah's house had nothing to do with ghosts and the supernatural, but more to do with Masonic initiating rituals, and the most important of those being the labyrinth. So he looks at her house as if it is a massive labyrinth and according to him the tradition of the initiate into the masonic order takes place in a labyrinth like back in the day initiates would go through a labyrinth that had like traps and shit in it and it was meant to develop their intuition and their insight and according to him these labyrinths were usually underground and enclosed and they were dark, they had winding stairs and passageways, and like I said, they had booby traps. And I sort of did a little bit of looking into Masonic labyrinths, but I didn't find a lot. So that I don't have to keep saying, um, hey, maybe take this with a grain of salt. I'm just going to say right now, Richard Allen Wagner, take him with a giant grain of salt. But we're going to follow along his line of thinking just to have a little fun with this. <clears throat> so... According to Wagner, Sarah's house both served the same function as an ancient labyrinth prototype as far as like Masonic initiation, but also as a symbolic introductory step into her puzzle. He says that to understand Sarah's intention, we should investigate her house as if we were initiates setting off on a journey to transcend the Masonic degrees. So, for the rest of my section, we're going to pretend that we are Masonic initiates walking through Sarah Winchester's house and being indoctrinated into, I believe he says it is the second degree, the second Masonic degree. It goes up in degrees, the levels that you achieve through whatever the fuck labyrinth shit. All right? Okay. You ready? I don't know. It kind of goes against my religion. (laughs) Buddy... Your religion doesn't matter here, okay? I don't have a religion, (laughs) so continue. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So as far as everyone's concerned right now, we are initiates into the Freemasons, and we are entering into Sarah Winchester's house. So the first thing we're going to see... Oh, I didn't even go over that. Whoops. The first... Whoops. The first thing... God damn it. <laughs> My slideshow is so behind. <laughs> the first thing we're going to see as we come up to Sarah Winchester's house is her massive front gates. They're iron wrought and they're super decorative. And Richard Wagner wants us to notice that in the center of both gates, there is a daisy surrounded by seven ra- or 16 radiants is what he calls them, which is basically just like the little things that you see come off of suns. You know, when someone draws a sun, that's a radiant. Um, so this is important to Richard. Richard, that's his name, right? <laughs> I forget. Just call him okay, Kevin. So, yeah. So the 16 radiants. Uh, Wagner says that this is a reference to the year 1616, specifically because in the year 1616, Sir Francis Bacon had both the death of William Shakespeare, which was his front, his pen name, and the birth of his final Rosicrucian manifesto. Also, according to numerology, which we will get into, 16 simplifies to 7 because it is 1 plus 6, and if you take 1616, it really is two sevens because they both, both 16s simplify to seven. So it is actually seven, seven. So it may seem dumb. Oh, yes, Asia, you in the front. <laughs> so we've got the seven radials, but it's an eight petaled flower. I was wondering if you knew. 16. The 16 radiants. What? There's, there's 16 you of them. You said there was seven radiants. And in the picture, there's yeah, seven. Yeah, but then I said there's 16. No, no, no. In the picture, there's eight, eight little petals, tiny ones. Eight petals on the flower. You're looking at the daisy. Yes, and then the radials coming out of it, there's seven of them. No, no, no. Okay. Just the picture continue. is very small. So there's, there's eight little tiny radiants and then eight large ones, which is what you're probably counting. Okay. 1616 got it all right moving on how dare you speak against (laughs) richard wagner all right you're just a lowly initiate it's six it's 1616 which is actually seven seven okay shut your mouth (laughs) all right so it may seem kind of dumb that 1616 equals 77 but actually this is a basic concept of numerology so According to this blog post I found by Margaret Pan, numerology can be described as, quote, the idea of belief that our universe is a system which, once broken down, leaves humanity with certain basic elements. Numbers. According to it, everything in the world comes from and can equate to numbers. As a consequence, there can be found connections between numbers and personality traits, events, and circumstances. By calculating them, one may come to a better understanding of themselves and the world around them. So, specifically in numerology, we're just on a roll. Tonight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I started fucking up, and then I like doubled down on it. Yeah, and I'm not sure why I made that choice. Active. I know I'm fucking <clears throat> up. I'm gonna go through with it. Go big or go home. <laughs> brew. I just called you brew, bro. <laughs> 
I'm only halfway through this white Russian. Oh, God. I'm almost done with okay. my first bottle of soju. Bottle? Fuck. Well, they're like beer bottles. They are. They're little cute bottles, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So they will fuck you up fast. And usually when you stand <laughs> up. So I've been debating standing up to see where it hits me. <laughs> Don't stand up. Don't stand up. As far as you know, you're fine until you stand <laughs> exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> it comes up on you slow. You stand up. You're fucked. You're fucked. All right. So <clears throat> in numerology, names and birth dates are super important and they can show us in detail who we are. So there are five basic numbers in everyone's numerology profile. The first one is the life path number, which is adding together the day, month, and year you were born. So for me, 10 4 that'd be 1 plus 0 plus 4 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 6, which equals 30, which actually equals 3 because you simplify. Yours is 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 6, which equals 28 which actually equals 10, which actually equals 1. So your life path number is 1 and mine is 3. Okay. Basically, this number can tell us our personality traits, our strengths, our weaknesses, our greater purpose, our talents, and our ambitions. That's a lot from one fucking number. Don't speak back about numerology, okay? You're a lowly initiate. Here we go. The next number... <laughs> Don't look so sad. <laughs> Okay, the next number is the destiny number. And to get your destiny number, you add together the letters of your name. But you don't do it in a normal way. You do it using the Pythagorean 1 through 9 table. I'm done with the Pythagorean theorem. I'm not in math anymore. Look, I don't know what this has to do with Pythagoras and his triangles. Because to me, it doesn't look like it has jack shit to do with that. But basically, so like listeners can sort of understand... If you take one through nine and write them out in a line, and then you put under each number A and then B and then C and then D and then E, once you hit, once you get to nine, which is I, you start back over at one. So the one column has A, J, and S. The two column has B, K, T. The three column has C, L, U. And it continues. Don't ask me why. (laughs) Anyway, so my destiny number if you use rows, would be 9 plus 6 plus 1 plus 5, which equals 21, which actually equals 3. <laughs> and did you notice, bro, that my life path number was also 3? Yes, I did. That's why I left. Whoa, <laughs> spooky. Is mine also 1? Asia <laughs> is 1 plus 7 plus 1 plus 9 plus 1, which is 19, which equals 10. Which equals 1. <laughs> Equals one. Whoa. (laughs) So there might be something to this, bro. So my destiny number of three means creativity, enthusiasm, optimism, fantasy, and inspiration. Yours is leadership, initiative, independence, determination, and shellfishness. I said shellfishness. You don't have anything to do with shellfish, do you? <laughs> I'm a diver. Does that count? Whoa, bro. The number is no. <laughs> no. Actually, these are supposed to be based off your full given name. So this is, you know, just an exercise. That's a lot of letters. Um, It's important to know that the numbers 11, 22, and, 22, <laughs> 22 and 33 
are master numbers and can't be simplified down. 23, but it would be five. So, Why can't it be? No, 22, oh. 33, and 11. They're Two, master numbers. Six? I don't know. Don't ask questions, bro. <laughs> you don't know shit. Fine. You're an initiate. God. All right. So you also have your soul number, which is adding together the vowels in your name, your personality number, which is adding together the consonants, and your maturity number, which is when you take your, you add together your life path and destiny numbers. Bro, (laughs) I saw you get a calculator out. (laughs) What are you trying to calculate? There's too many numbers to keep track in my head. So I've I've done Asia. not even started. I started to do Marie, but I missed the letter. <laughs> we have not even started. If you're trying to keep track of these numbers, just give up. I promise you it's not going to be worth I'm it. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Calculator is put That away. was actually a test. You should definitely keep track of these Shit. numbers. Otherwise, you're not going to graduate the Masonic degree. No, I had Idiot. to study. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, where the fuck was I? So, your maturity number is your life path and destiny numbers. So, mine would be six, because three plus three, and Asia would be two, one plus one. But, your maturity number doesn't mean anything until you turn 35. Seven more years. Oh, shit. I can't math. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry about it till you turn 35, basically. Okay. All right, so those are the five basic numbers in numerology that you can use to fucking divine your fate and shit. Um, let's go back to the dates, but uh, the gates. <laughs> so you mentioned the daisy, right? It's a daisy that has radiance around it. Wagner says that the daisy symbolizes the essential qualities of the initiate, which is innocence and fidelity. Now, now that we've gathered all this meaning from this iron gate, we're going to go through the gate to the next level. As you approach Sarah Winchester's house, after going through the gate, you are greeted by two massive palm trees, which sort of frame the house, which are behind them. And according to Wagner, the two... Okay, you're, I'm going to need your help with this because I'm not a church girl. Oh, God. I haven't been in church for s- almost 10 years, but okay. The two massive palm trees represent the twin porch pillars known as Boaz and Jackin at the entrance of Solomon's temple. Okay, that's more of a history buff thing. That shit's not discussed in the Bible. Solomon? Solomon is, but not the names of the pillars and their purpose, or if so, I did not read that book. Which <laughs> is probably more well, likely. Well, we all know you're not, like, the best Christian, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there anymore, so no. No, I'm not. So anyways, it has something to do with Solomon. Wagner says that after passing the palm trees, you then symbolically ascend a winding staircase in capital letters leading into the temple. And apparently, instead of allowing her guests to enter through the front of the house, she would make them enter through the northwest corner because this followed Masonic tradition where initiates could only enter the lodge through the northwest corner. I don't know if that's true. That's just, you know, that's just what he's saying. And we are taking him with a grain of salt. A salt lick. Yeah, a bit a salt lick worth of salt. <laughs> All right. So once you get inside, you come across the switchback staircase, which is what I guess tour guides call it. It has 44 steps. Each are only about two inches in height. And I remember reading somewhere that like his 
his his history guys his history historians (laughs) historians (laughs) thought that these were a thing because she was getting old and so it'd be easier for her to walk upstairs if they were only two inches high uh richard wagner has his thoughts but anyways they're each two inches high and according to him it winds like an archimedes spiral to the second floor basically what he means is that it starts from the center of the bottom floor and winds up and outwards archimedes and it has archimedes it's greek continue well (laughs) sorry i don't know latin or greek or whatever (laughs) why don't you know these ancient languages what is wrong with you don't you know we need them they're useless to me sorry archimedes archimedes principle what is that wait what is that do you know what that is yes what is it <laughs> i don't oh, actually know shit now you're quizzing me on dive stuff archimedes princess you. you literally you <laughs> i believe you it's belted li- it i think it's related to buoyancy and the displacement of water i will verify because well, there's a lot of principles that i learned and i want to make sure i'm not confusing it i'm sure that has nothing to do with these stairs so i'm going to continue yep. while you look that Go up ahead. i was right Oh. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know shit about fuck about how that's got to do with this. Archimedes principle states that a body immersed in fluid experience and an upthrust equal to the weight of the fluid displaced. I was right. Poorly worded, but All I was right. right. Well, <laughs> lit. <laughs> We're not in the realm of science. We're in the realm of numerology, Asia. Sorry. Okay, so it has seven turns. According to Wagner, Sarah purposefully built it in this way to symbolize both the winding staircase capital letters of the second Masonic degree and the Jacob's Ladder. In Kabbalistic and Masonic tradition, Jacob's Ladder is a ramp with seven turns that ascends into heaven, each turn representing a higher degree of enlightenment. Um, He also says the seven turns represent the seven liberal arts and sciences which are explained to initiates during the winding staircase lecture of the second masonic degree all that went in went in one ear and out the other my apologies continue <laughs> i'm trying to follow that's fine so yeah, just well, kicking in <laughs> good luck good luck literally for the rest of this it's about to get fucking wild up in here all right all right so once you get to the top of the winding staircase you get into the ballroom, which is a pretty popular attraction in the house. Beautiful. It's super ugly. I think. Did it's, you just say it was beautiful? I think it's beautiful. The woodwork, everything done in that, it it's fuck. It's it hasn't aged ugly. well, but the craftsmanship <laughs> was stunning to me. Okay, the craftsmanship is nice. The color, though, goddamn. Eighteen hundreds. That gross. shit was lit. <laughs> I've never seen you throw hands like that. <laughs> that shit was lit, bro. <laughs> I told you the soju was kicking in. I encourage you to do that more often. Okay. okay. So, the ballroom. According to Wagner, the ballroom is very important for the initiate's journey because it basically symbolizes the beginning of the actual journey. So to like explain it, it's got a big ass fireplace at the back of it, a big ass organ, a chandelier, and some doors that come off of it. 
and the ground is checkered and it's fucking ugly. <laughs> that shit was lit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit, that's funny. You'll get better at that. <laughs> It'll become more natural. <laughs> it is so weird to do. I've never done that really. <laughs> ballroom ugly i disagree yeah so surrounding like on either side of the fireplace there's these two elongated stained glass windows and these are pretty famous because they make zero sense (laughs) they're floral and each of them has uh what looks like a mirror wrapped with banners And they're exactly alike except for what the banners say. So on the first window on the left, the banner says, Wide unclasp the tables of their thoughts. And this is a quote from Shakespeare. So it's Act 4, Scene 5 of Troilus and Cressida. Wagner says that this line is only important because of the play that it's from and not the actual line. Because according to him, what... Your mom's note, the ballroom is considered the first level of heaven. Right, because we just ascended Jacob's ladder. Um, so Wagner doesn't think that the actual lines are important. He thinks that the play is important because, according to him, Winchester is the 20th word from the play's end, which is actually true. And since Sarah, the, the word Sarah, equals 20... It confirms her connection to Sir Francis Bacon. And if you're confused about Sir Francis Bacon, it's because we're assuming Shakespeare was actually a pen name for Bacon and not an actual individual. So I actually went back and read this part of the play. And this line is actually in reference to Cressida being a slut after Ulysses tells her to kiss everyone in the scene, and she does. He gets all mad at her because she's a slut, but whatever. You know, just women things, doing what they're told. Just women things. Um, so the second banner says, these same thoughts people this little world, which is another quote from Shakespeare, act five, scene five of Shakespeare's Richard II. According to Wagner, the passage that includes these words is a summation of Bacon's theosophical outlook on reincarnation and he says we should not be surprised that sarah is introducing herself to us as bacon reincarnated what okay (laughs) don't ask questions i'm not i wouldn't even know where to start (laughs) so wagner says we should read the banners together and he says that the first banner is say is Sarah saying, open sesame to our minds and welcome to her puzzle. And the second one is saying, once you've solved my puzzle, pass on the truth to others. He also wants us to compare her to Cressida and Richard II. And he makes sure to say that it has nothing to do with Cressida being a slut. It has more to do with her um, being a survivor And, like, comparing Sarah to Richard II, it's that not only is she lonely, but she's scrappy. And she can overcome her difficulties like Richard II or something. However, that's only scratching the surface, bro. That's superficial shit. 
What we actually need to look at are the numbers, bro. Numbers, huh? Yeah. Act 4, scene 5. The first panel is actually 45. Act 5, scene 5 of the second panel is actually 55. And 45, I forgot to mention that Francis Bacon has a lot to do with ciphers. He was into cryptography. So there's a lot on like... Cryptography. You know what? I can't help it. If I don't say anything, it like eats at me. <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> it is. That's why I interrupt. I have to make my problem everyone else's problems too. Well, fair enough. Okay, so that's why I'm randomly about to bring up cryptography. So the number 45 via the Pythagorean cipher equals Shakespeare. And 55 via the Pythagorean cipher, which I think is just that thing we did earlier where we added up our names, equals Hiram Abiff. And apparently Hiram Abiff is the main character in an allegory which is presented to candidates in the third degree of Freemasonry. He didn't go on to say any more like that, and I feel like looking it up because I'm already confused at this point. So if you take 45 and you add 45 to 55... You get 100, and 100 equals Yes, one. Asia? No. I know, you would have thought that, right? But no, that's because you're an idiot. 100 <laughs> in simple cipher equals Francis Bacon. What? <laughs> I Exactly. I am beyond confused. I just feel like you have been just saying words and none of them mean anything. <laughs> It's because your brain is small, bro. My brain is fried. This is big brain shit right now. <laughs> I don't have a big brain at the moment. All you need to know so far is that we've come across her windows, which are like big deals to everyone, not just Richard Wagner. But the windows basically through numerology are telling us that she is the reincarnate of Sir Francis Bacon She's inviting us as initiatives to enter her labyrinth and figure out her secret. And if we can figure out her secret, she wants us to share it with the world. That's where we are. Okay. Thank you for that synopsis. I needed that. (laughs) I was lost in the labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Here we go. We're about to take a deep dive. So back to the banners. Each banner has seven words, which gives us two sevens just like with 1616 from the gate but are we supposed to see the sevens as two separate sevens or the number 77 or five i have no clue what's that or five because seven and seven is 14 you put those together and it's five bro no no i don't know but wagner can explain so here is a direct quote because i literally could not simplify this here we go quote when we take a closer look at the words unclasp and tables we realize that in bacon's time the only thing to be unclasped were books (laughs) secret books Books containing encryption codes with an encryption table to decipher such codes in fact some of Bacon's engravings show him holding books with clasps. 
But then, where are we to find such a book? Comes on. And tables? Where is the encryption table? Ah. Ah, My face hurts. Aliens. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes, oh I'm not God. done with the quote. Oh, shit. I'm not even done with the okay. quote. Sorry to interrupt your act. Scene. <laughs> Naturally, Sarah knew that we would eventually look up at the magnificent ceiling of her ballroom, with the exception of the decorative middle panel that supports the 13-globe chandelier. We observe nine main panels, Because we are already familiar with numerological tables, we know that in displaying the numbers one through nine, Sarah is alluding to the Pythagorean table. However, she has ingeniously raised the bar by including... (laughs) I can't look at you, dude. I can't help it. I'm trying to laugh so quietly. My face hurts so bad. I'm trying to... Oh my God. You know that guy with the hair? That's who I'm trying to channel right now. What? She has done something unexpected in showing us nine sets of the number 13. She has forced us to multiply. In fact, she has already done it for us. Sure enough, nine times 13 equals 117. Bacon's code number for John D. I had to look this up. John D. was an English mathematician and astronomer who advised Elizabeth I. I don't know. I've heard about that guy, actually. I don't know how he's involved, but I'm small. I'm smooth brain. Okay. Moreover, we have the numbers 11 and 7 standing side by side. Thus, Sarah includes us, induces us to multiply 11 by 7. Going back to the windows, we now have the answer to our original question. We are to view the two sevens as the number 77. Moreover, when we consult the Pythagorean table, we'll realize that the number 77 corresponds both to the words Winchester Goose and the name Annie Winchester. Now, Asia, please ask me what a Winchester Goose is. I was about to. I just wanted to clarify that Annie Winchester was the six-week-old baby that died. Now, what the fuck is a Winchester goose? From the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a Winchester goose is a venereal disease that causes a swelling in the groin. (laughs) I don't know. I I thought this was going to be gun-related. Like the chamber, like the barrel or something. He brings up the Winchester goose so many times and he doesn't explain it. And the only thing I can find is that it's like a really old saying. You can use it to call someone a prostitute or it's literally a disease you get from prostitutes that makes your dick swell. In a bad way? Yes. (laughs) In a bad way. Yes, in a bad way. (laughs) Just wanted to clarify there. All right, Asia. So let's take a pause (laughs) in our journey as Freemason initiates and ask ourselves, what is happening? I don't fucking know. 
there's now aliens involved with numbers and <laughs> historical people. What have we learned of Sarah and her house? It's a maze. Are you? What? <laughs> Wait, what? Amazing? <laughs> it took you so fucking long. That's because it was so bad. I know. That that's why so I dumb. was laughing. <laughs> and it took you so long. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. All right. So, Asia, we're not, we haven't even started on the numerology path. Fuck. We haven't even taken the windows and cut them in half and flipped them to make them into fucking hourglasses yet. We haven't even done that. What? Bro. My brain already hurts. I know. So, the point (laughs) is that Wagner goes into lengthy detail on all of the possible details of the house and how they numerologically relate to Sarah and each other and Francis Bacon. He takes us everywhere, talks about everything between the Knights Templar to higher dimensional mathematics. And so instead of making you suffer through the rest of the tour like I had to, We're going to focus on the main takeaways, which are still going to be fucking dumb. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't didn't mean to say dumb and speak ill of our Masonic leader. We are lowly initiates. Forgot about that part. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the main takeaways are still going to be freaking weird. But after blabbing on about random numbers forever, we get to the Winchester algorithm. And this will eventually explain life, the universe, and everything. So I'm going to take a poll of my white Russian real quick. Is this this where 42 is the answer of life came from? It's actually 49. Oh. Off by seven. (laughs) This was close. (sighs) Okay. The Winchester algorithm is not actually a real algorithm. I tried to find mention of it anywhere else but there was none but as far as wagner is concerned mrs winchester understood the dynamic trio this is in quotes of symmetric primes most importantly the numbers 7 11 and 13 which he calls the winchester numbers and if you're wondering how 7 11 and 13 relate to the winchester algorithm it's actually really simple so in the winchester algorithm the rhythm the rhythm two numbers <laughs> two numbers are always multiplied by each other leaving a product which is then partitioned for example the numbers 52 and 88 when multiplied equal 4576 then uh the numbers are partitioned and added together resulting in a sum so you take 4576 you split it into 45 and 76 and you add them and that is 121 which is actually 11 squared whoa however you can partition a number in many ways it doesn't have to be that you split 45 for for 4576 into 45 and 76 you can split it into 57 and 46 
and adding those would equal 103. Or you could split it into 67 and 54, and adding those equals 121, which is 11 squared again. But also, 52 times 88 is actually 7 times 7, because 52 simplified equals 7, and 88 simplified equals 16, which simplified equals 7. Thus, the product has to be a variant of 49, because 7 times 7 equals 49. So, 4,576, which is 52 times 88, is a variant of 49. <laughs> did you just take, did you just take your headphones out? I was tired of keeping track of numbers. My head hurts. I should not have put you on the numerology thing. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the point is don't keep track of the numbers because they're I, I'm dumb. Not. <sighs> so let me cut to the chase. <laughs> In conclusion, by partitioning 52 and 88 using the Winchester algorithm, we have demonstrated the symmetrical relationship between 7 squared, 11 squared, and the number 13. So, Asia, is the Winchester algorithm useful? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Because according to Wagner... I, I don't care what Wagner says anymore. According to Wagner, quote, any 10-year-old child armed with a calculator can easily become a master of Sarah's number system. So basically, you're a smooth brain. <laughs> or I'm just, I haven't turned 10 yet. <laughs> I guess so. All right. So now we get to life, the universe, and everything. And if you feel mind-fucked, I'm sorry. We have to do it one more time or else we cannot ascend the Masonic degrees, okay? <clears throat> so, okay. in Sarah's house, there are 13 bathrooms. The 13th bathroom has 13 steps leading to its entrance, and the wall around the entrance has 13 panels. Inside the bathroom, there are six identical windows each with 49 pieces of glass arranged in the design of a spider's web. I want those windows. See, now you have my interest again. Okay, good. <laughs> Here we go. According to Wagner, the significance of these windows is meaningless unless we apply the Winchester algorithm. Maybe she just likes spiders. Which he goes into at length, so I will try to sum it up to keep it short. If you take the six windows and combine them into a cube, because six panels can make a cube, it's actually a pyramid. Because the cube has six... Asia, <laughs> come back. Asia just took out her headphones and stood up and left. <laughs> Bro, I had to read this. I had to read this. I'm sorry you had to read this. All right. We're a cube turns done. into a pyramid. Now we're talking <laughs> topology. Okay. He actually goes into topology. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So the cube is actually a pyramid because the cube has six inverse pyramids all pointing towards the center. And because the windows each have four sides, just like the base of a pyramid, six times four equals 24. The logic in this, what the fuck was he high on? What was he drinking? Combination of both. Where the fuck (laughs) did any of this logic come from? Buddy, this is divine logic. Okay, I guess I'm not divine enough. I'm not holy enough to understand. (laughs) Okay, so six times four equals 24. If we assume that Sarah's spider webs are actually higher dimensional models for the structure of the universe, then it's pretty simple to work out the connection to 24, which is also the number of ways a vibrating string can stretch in string theory. And now, I I have, I I can't follow this logic. We've gone so many different paths. Again, you're just saying words and none of it connects. None of it makes sense. We're so close to realizing the truth. Wouldn't you know, theoretical physicists like to describe the string or membrane as a resonating subatomic matrix of entangled lattices forming the structure of the universe in a unified configuration resembling a vast spider's web. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) Everything comes back to spiders, and I'm okay with that. And so, Sarah designed her spider web windows. Her spider windows equal, equal, equal the membrane of interconnectedness which forms the structure of the entire universe. So that was the fever dream I went through. Um, I am so sorry. Yeah, it was quite a rabbit hole. But now we're here, and we're Freemasons now, second degree. So I'm going to hand it back over to you, buddy. All right. Last bit I've got is pretty short. My brain's fucked. What did you do? Okay. Um, I just enlightened you, bro. I I don't feel enlightened. (laughs) Well, then you're just too smooth brain. (laughs) I'm okay with that, I think. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, September 5th, 1922 is when Sarah Winchester passed away in her bed around age 83. Good long life, honestly. Well, not a good one, but a long one. (laughs) After her death, her will was followed, and the assets were dispersed across her family, a couple members of it, and five of her employees, actually. Like, a couple of her employees got between two grand and five grand. In the 1920s, you don't need to work (laughs) at that point. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah. After a few years, there was a lot of changing of hands. I didn't want to go into all those details. Um, The estate was bought and sold, but much of the house today still kind of remains the same. Again, there was that earthquake which took out a good portion of the house. And since then, there's been some room additions, a few changes here and there, but they tried their best to kind of keep the original Winchester house together. Now, 
Like we prefaced at the beginning, there was a lot of embellished stories about Sarah Winchester (laughs) and her everything. And I didn't put any of this part in my notes, but I've done enough reading and I've heard it enough times that many, many people thought Sarah Winchester was a spiritualist. The Freemasons thing was new to me. That's why I wanted Rose to go into it. And I was not (laughs) expecting that shit show. (laughs) What do you mean? I mean, you did a great job. It's just more of the content itself. It's like, what the fuck? But... They all assumed that she was heavily into spiritualism, which was kind of a movement at the time. And she would, it was rumored that she would have seances, like she had specific rooms dedicated to it, Ouija boards, etc. But none of that has any foundational truth. Sorry about it. But continuing kind of on that theory and debunking just a little bit, um, a good example is the chandeliers. One of, at least one of them was told mentioned that it had 13 candles again with all the numerology and numbers and all of that but from the reviews that i had read that 13th candle looks like it was not made a part of the chandelier more like a prop or something that was meant to look like it's supposed to be there but sticks out like a sore fucking thumb yeah i read that a lot of like the 13 stuff came after she died like they like bought the house and they started putting 13 everywhere Yep, exactly. And like I mentioned earlier, she had so much desire for this house, even though it was chaotic, to be extremely well thought out of. If she wanted 13 candles on a chandelier, she would have had it custom made and made with extravagance and great craftsmanship, not have it added on after the fact to kind of make it work, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up. Since then, if you go there today, there are still some things you kind of have to look at it and go... Was this an added prop? Was this added after the fact? Or was this really built into the designs of this home? But I don't want to debunk everything. Takes the fun out of the mystery house. So here's some spooky things that I did find. Spent like two hours trying to find all this, which honestly I was a little disappointed. But anyway, many tourists have stolen items from the house over the years, but those items always end up being sent back. The people who steal them say that they've had lots of bad luck since taking the item so that's fun some people who go on tours through the house they feel the need to like rub their hands or their feet often and many dedicate this to sarah's arthritis her arthritis was she had arthritis you didn't know that did they say that their hands hurt yeah they'll like walk around and like on tours nowadays modern day reviews and stuff they'd be walking around going through the guided tour and all of a sudden their hands would start aching and they'd start rubbing them so what is that? Okay, and then when Asia. they leave the house, they're fine. What does that mean? Are they possessed or are they just picking up like... Picking up residual things. Like, you know how some rooms people just feel really sad in. Even if there's not like an active ghost in that room, they're just, they feel depressed because maybe hundreds of people knew they were going to die mm. and just that energy fed there. Her arthritis was so bad. That's part of why, or theorized why those stairs are only like two to three inches tall rather than six so she could get around her house because her knees her her body was just not doing great right um so yeah some people say that they feel symptoms of basically of having arthritis even though they don't have it they didn't have it before they got in there and they didn't have any of the pain after they left Hmm. just walking through the home there's been a lot of mysterious moving lights and orbs i couldn't find any good orb pictures I found some of other locations, but the Winchester house specifically, I just, I don't know if I wasn't looking in the right places, spent two hours trying to. I just couldn't find any good orb pictures at the Winchester house. 
but there have been mentions of aromas with no origin, like food when there's no one cooking and there's no food around. Shadowy figures is a common one. Mm. So in the picture that Rose has pulled up right now, that's one of them. It's creepy Where that arrow is pointing. That's the man in the hat, bro. It does look like the hat man, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, I don't know if that one's a reflection. Again, we can't really see the rest of the picture, but in the comments it said there was no one else around. Right. So, let's see. I know I sent you a picture that looks like it's just of the front of the house. There. That one? Oh, yes. That one has a shadow picture, or shadow person. You can't see it very well on how small this picture is just due to our setup, but behind that painting... There is a full shadow. I took that picture after the fact. I enhanced it, and there is no source to that shadow. Yeah. It is a shadow figure. That is fucking creepy, though. Look at the little shoes on it. I would say it's got feet. You can't tell like what kind of <laughs> shoes or anything it's wearing. There's no design or make to it. They just it has white feet and it has no actual body. It's gross. You think it's connected? Okay, so in the shot, there's also like an easel holding like a very old photograph do you think mm-hmm. he's in there do you think it's connected to the picture i don't think so oh. i mean it could be but it looks like it's moving away from the picture not just standing there uh, okay i think it was caught mid crossing the room and was like oh shit gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> he saw me <laughs> oh god that's a creepy fucking picture yeah there's a lot of shadowy figures out of the corner of your eyes reports also, piano or organ music, but no one is playing the piano and not everyone hears the music, ew, which I thought was interesting. Ew! Imagine yeah. you, like, hear music, but people around you don't, and you're like, am I going insane? Exactly. Um, there's phantom footsteps. <clears throat> A long-time maintenance worker, <laughs> Denny, reports that one morning, after entering the water tower, he heard the patter of footsteps above him. <laughs> He descended to let the trespasser know. Damn it. (laughs) I was not expecting you to break out into a fucking character right then. Oh, shit. He ascended to let the trespass. Nope. I fucking lost it. Went from British to some weird accent. (laughs) You just gotta let it. You gotta channel it, bro. You gotta let it do its thing. (laughs) He ascended to let the trespass. I can't. How do you? Mm. Trespasser. Let the trespasser know the three-story structure was off limits. You're doing great. What the fu- <laughs> no, not. But the footsteps always seemed to be one step ahead of him and one floor above. His search culminated on the roof with no one in sight. <laughs> what? What? They changed accents like four times. I could that? not get through that. <laughs> you broke my concentration. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Ignore me. It's fine. Either way, that's a really common one. Footsteps are going in and around the house. No one's either there or when you follow the footsteps, they go from above you to below you to the other side of the house. Like, you can't actually follow them. I'm glad you summarized that because I had no idea what you were actually (laughs) saying. I was too caught up. Oh my god. Normal hunting stuff, odd sounds, cold spots, technology failing, feeling of being watched. Mm. Some say this was a handyman who has been seen repairing the fireplace or pushing a wheelbarrow. And he's the most common reported ghost that I have found. Just a I found multiple handyman. Things. He's just handy. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's hanging out. I feel bad. He has to work through the afterlife. You think he worked enough? <laughs> 
He loves it, though, you know? I guess so. Another one of the reviews I found consisted of a report of doorknobs turning by themselves. Tour guide confirmed that there was no one in the dining room or anywhere around that door, but these guests watched someone, quote-unquote, trying to jiggle the handle and open the door. And I don't know if this was a door that went anywhere, if it was just one of the ones in the walls. I don't know. Dude, imagine if one of the fake doors, (laughs) one of the real fake doors started jiggling like the one that goes outside imagine if you're Mm -hmm. inside and that motherfucker starts jiggling and you're like oh shit someone's caught outside and you open it there's fucking no one dude or you see like almost a fully formed ghost walk through as if like it's no big deal that there's literally nothing there exactly can you zoom in on the picture you have pulled up right now yeah but how zoomy zoom you want to get like I want to see that window. I want you guys to see that window. Like, you want to get all the way there? Not the bottom one. That one. That's creepy-ass window. <laughs> you see the shadow? Fuck that. See? Shadowy figures. <sighs> There's a lot of them hiding around. Fuck that, dude. My instincts would be like, nope, bye. Another review I found was that someone saw a teen girl in roughly 1800s maid clothing. She thought she was an actor, but no one else saw her on the tour, and she wasn't part of the tour Mm. so who that was i don't know the only death that was really reported on that house was sarah's in her bed so i don't know how (laughs) i was gonna say there wasn't a lot like i was thinking about what could possibly be haunting the house obviously sarah because she's i don't know okay numerology's bullshit right the ghost thing seems to also be bullshit so what the fuck was she doing what was she insane? I like the confusing the ghosts. Yeah, but... She wanted to house them, but not let them catch up with her. But so many if accounts ghost, are like, no. Like, even, like, her maid's accounts would be like, no. She didn't give a fuck about that. I know. That's why, I'm like, I like the theory. There's just no evidence to support it. But at the same time, if you think about hauntings and houses where it's been an old house and someone renovates it, and then you see ghosts walking through walls because they're on their original floor pattern that they were in. That's their routine. That's their house. You've just changed what it looks like in the real world, but to them, it's different. So you're saying so for she me, was building... A house with no blueprint. She had no blueprint. She was building it room by room. So ghosts couldn't, technically, if you go with that logic, ghosts couldn't walk through the walls because none of that was built before. Aside from the original eight-room farm house. It was the only part that was original. I, I don't even know how much of that she kept. Either she was actually a little insane or she was fucking around. And she made a big old meme and she's rolling in her grave laughing at the rest of us. Probably. Because she built some stairs into the ceiling. And no one can figure it out. That was definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> when I was about nine, I went to the Winchester house with my family. It wasn't the first time. I'd gone since we live an hour and away. We went a lot. This time while walking around, my head got all fuzzy. And I couldn't feel my body. But I was still walking. It felt like I had taken a back seat to the controls of my own body. I was watching the outside world on a theater screen. I felt myself blink but not reopen my eyes for what felt like slowly passing minutes. When my eyes reopened, I was walking up some stairs and into a bedroom filled with kids' toys. Still unable to feel any part of my body, I watched as my hands played with the toys. After a few minutes, it felt like this pressure was released in my head. My head stopped being fuzzy, and I could control my body again. I don't know if it's true possession, but it never 
better happen again in all the times I've been there. Bro, you cannot just break out into character like that. <laughs> <laughs> just keeping you on your toes. Okay, that... <laughs> yeah. That kid sound like... um. Oh, my God. What is that disorder? Oh, God. Multiple personality disorder that usually arises out of, like, childhood trauma. He He's sounds disassociating. like... He disassociated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Says it never happened again, though. Usually that will repeat until you either get some good therapy and get over that trauma, or it becomes a big full-fledged thing and your mind literally breaks into different pieces and different selves. Weird. I want to say most people who dissociate don't actually really know mm-hmm. they dissociate, but I'm not sure that's true, so I'm not going to say it. It sounded like he was just like backseat rider, like my body's doing yeah. things, but I don't know why. <laughs> Sounds like sleep paralysis. <laughs> mm-hmm. God. Dude, when did you get a huge-ass water bottle? I've had this thing for almost a year now. What? Big-ass water bottle fam. <laughs> clinky. You want a clink- clinky? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, uh, I learned if I have a small water bottle, I have this thing in my head where I ration that water and I don't refill the bottle until I get home. So if I have a 20-ounce water bottle, that is my water for the day. It will not be refilled. So I got a 60-ounce water bottle. And it's helped quite a bit. (laughs) Exactly. You just go throughout the day. If you haven't finished, you better chug, you know, by the end of the day. Now, I sent you a couple other pictures of different ghosts. Because that was on my notes, but I kind of wanted to talk about some of these pictures a little bit. This one? We talked about the... Ah, that one. That one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So... This is one of the ones I'm really skeptical about. Person took a picture for our readers, readers, listeners. Person took a picture of a reflection in a glass door, said that it looked like a child, but there was no children allowed there under the age of 12. I'm like, that to me looks like an American girl doll. Like, I... Yeah, that looks like a doll. Like, shape of the face, the cheeks, the eyes, the ear, the everything. That looks like a doll. It doesn't look like a child to me. Yeah, that's a doll. I work with enough children. That does not look like a child. That looks like a fucking doll. Like, the head is super fat. Fat, round, the shape of it. The face is, like, squinched. Yeah, the ear is, like, super far back. And it's in, like, a little blue dress. It looks like a doll It looks like a doll. Plus, that's a... Is that a toilet light? It does look like a toilet, but I don't know. (laughs) That's, That's more important. Is this a toilet with a light on the back of it? I feel like it's on the front of it. What the shit is going on? Or, oh, you know what? I think it's, it does look like a toilet, but I think there's a window right across from it. So that could be the sunlight reflecting off of the, um, fuck, what's that part called? Who the fuck takes a picture of a toilet and then is like, oh, it's a doll. I saw a little kid <laughs> in there. Dude, why were you taking a picture of a toilet in the first place? Okay. Oh. Anyways, the next one is this one? Yes. Staircase. What am I looking at here? It takes you a minute for your eyes to adjust. Oh, shit, I see it. it. Yeah, there's like a shadowy dude looking at out the top of there's the thing. There's a full-on face. Yeah, there's a full-on uh, face right there. And like trying to follow what could be a body, it's all like smoky. I don't know if it's actually a body, but... It does look smoky, like misty, steamy shit. For those of you trying to look at this picture... Look roughly straight in the middle of the picture and up a hair. Right next to the wooden... It's like next to that window Yeah, thing. it's next to the red wooden beam of part of that window. 
in the shadows. Which, why are there windows inside? I told you this. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's the Winchester house. There's lots of windows inside. <laughs> like, some point outwards, some point inwards. There's 10,000 windows Dude. in this house. There's not enough wall space on the outside for all of them. I can't decide if she's fucking around and being a meme or if she's literally just insane. Like a little psychotic. Maybe a little bit of both. Or dude, maybe the numbers are true. You should zoom in on his face again. He's too small to see. He almost looks like he's smiling. Like if he had a mustache. Bro, no. He's looking for some meat. <laughs> yeah, could be. All right, dude, what's, what's next? So, in the picture of the front of the house, I don't know how I feel about this one, because it could just be a reflection, but it's different. Where is it? Um, right between the two statues on the second floor. If you look at the picture, you've got the two front statues. You go directly up to the second floor, that window in the middle. That's got like half yep. white. And why it's weird for me is because out of all the windows facing that direction, it's only the one that looks like that. Yeah, that is a little fucking weird. And if you zoom in on it, it does look shadowy. It does look on that bottom half, not the white part, but the bottom half. It makes it look like there's something, like, there. I don't know. It's all hearsay. That's why, I like, I don't know how to feel about this picture. But looking at all the other windows facing that exact same direction, none of them look like that. It is weird, for sure. So I wanted to put it in there just because it was off enough, just to consider but that's all I had. There is so much to the Winchester house. I mean, there's books and blogs and so much written about this. We could have gone on four hours. We have gone on. Oh, dude, I could have gone on for so many more hours. We have been recording for two <laughs> hours and there's still so much we didn't even touch. So yeah. I hope this was enough to keep people satisfied. It's not what I normally hear when I hear about the Winchester house and the mysteries behind it. This was a big subject to cover. Yeah. And I'm glad we did. I didn't realize what we were getting into. <laughs> I truly didn't. I was like, yeah, I know that story. That'll be fun. And I'm like, holy shit. That was like the cherry on top of a giant ice cream sundae. Exactly. So hopefully we gave you the cherry and some whipped cream. I do encourage you guys to read that book, though captive of the labyrinth sarah l winchester heiress to the rifle fortune by mary joe ignafo there we go i believe it does help give you perspective of what was going on at the time there's a lot of um events that happened before she even got married that they're theorizing kind of like how it affected her development just mentally yeah into an insane person mostly why she was such a private person. There was a lot, a lot of family history, family ties, some friends and the, how they impacted the story. There's a lot of extra detail in there that I had no idea about. So for those of you just really interested and want a good read, I thought it was good. I thought she did really good about it. And it's definitely stuff I'm like, I don't question it. Yeah. It's also about the, it's about the only source that um is legitimate that you can find. Everything else, like even legitimate sources for the most part like wikipedia will be like there's a lot of bullshit that surrounds the story and none of it goes into quite as much detail so it was a good book yeah that's kind of why i wanted to use that primarily i used a couple other sources here and there especially for like the hauntings and stuff like reddit reddit the winchester house <laughs> review page like you'd be surprised the stuff i found in reddit under paranormal experiences haunted ghosts yeah. spirits 
you find some interesting things on there. So I pulled a couple of those. A lot of those pictures came from the Reddit posts. Nice. Um, but yeah, that book I wanted to highlight just because it does kind of help clear up the narrative of what the fuck was really going on. At least to some extent. The best she could do, at least. <laughs> but, well, thanks for joining our two and a half hour craziness. That is our comeback episode. <laughs> it was so good, Asia. It's okay. Oh my god. I don't want to listen to it again. We're here. <laughs> We're here to stay. Maybe not quite as often as before because we have lives. But we're back. We have a Patreon. We have a Spotify. We have a Twitch where we're going to live stream the episodes. And we have a Discord. A Discord. Like- we have a Discord now. So mm-hmm. come by, hang out. Thanks all for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed your math lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope your brains have all been expanded by numerology. <laughs> All right. Well, keep it creepy. We will see you guys soon.